Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today, if you want to open your Bible, we'll be in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. The title of this sermon is, Jesus is our peace. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. Now, America is fat. Faithful, available, teachable. That's what he's talking about. That's what we're supposed to be as Christians. Faithful, available, teachable. You're always supposed to be teachable no matter what your age is. You don't have it all figured out. And whatever the situation is, God is trying to grow you in that situation no matter how hard it is. So what you're supposed to do as that Christian that has the faith of a stronger believer, you're supposed to help the one that has the weaker faith. And do it in a loving way. Because you want to see them grow. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11, we find out what Barnabas' work did. In 2 Timothy 4, 11, it says, Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. You find out that Paul has worked it out with Mark. Sometimes time takes that. Sometimes time takes that because God needs to soften hearts, right? And, and, and that's what happens. And so one of the marks of a, a, somebody who's truly following Christ is that we are to pursue peace with each other. And so Christ is the peace between the Jews and the Gentile. And so it says that he has broken down the middle wall of separation. Now, there used to be a wall in the temple where the Jews, if they passed it, they would be stoned to death. And, and Christ is going to dissolve that wall. Christ is the eradicator of all barriers between Jew and Gentile. And Christ is the mediator of Jew and Gentile. But he, is, he is going to abolish. And having said that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity. So he's saying these two groups that have prejudice, that have hate towards each other, these two groups... Christ will have to draw together in peace. Now, I want you to think about this just for a second. And this is for you personally. Is there somebody, whether it's an ethnicity or age group, or, or maybe it's their sexual preference, that you have hate or prejudice towards? Because if you do, you and, you and God got some work to do. Okay? I, at the end of the day, if they were to walk through that door... Would they be loved? Because it's the Word of God that's going to transform them. We don't condone the stuff, but it's the Word of God that transforms them. 
We're not participating in the stuff, but it's God's word that transformed them. They're being told that Christians hate them. And we don't. We don't. But there are people that are struggling. I mean, they struggle with, with these different things. And to remember that Paul is writing this to the church of Ephesus. And it was an epistle that was passed around to all the churches. So it's a church written to the church here in Divine. So everyone, whether it's age, ethnicity, doesn't matter. They need to be welcomed here. It doesn't matter. I told you all last week, this church should look like H-E-B or Walmart. You have all different ages, all different ethnicities, all different beliefs. You have some people that may have followed a, 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 false, a false teaching or a false cult, and they come into the church. And it's going to take time for Christ to work and tear down those walls. And we need to be patient and be loving. But also, with love and truth, share the gospel. If they're doing something that's not right, then we need to say something. Okay? Because as a mature Christian, you need to be able to say, hey, look, I, I love you, but you can't do that. <laughs> you know? Because it says it here in Scripture. We have to understand that Christ is our peace, and it's because, because we're drawn together by the blood of Christ. And what happens is sometimes we'll have followers can't find peace, so they, they'll come to church thinking, well, I'll find peace in the church. And they should find peace in the church. It should be a place of peace. It shouldn't be a place where chaos and, 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 and stuff ensue and it looks no different than the world. We're all called to be one body. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 26 and 27, it says, if, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. Now you are, are, are the body of Christ and members individually. So why do we celebrate a marriage? Because we're all part of it. We get to do that. Praise God. In 2 Corinthians 13, 11, it says, Farewell, brethren, farewell. Uh, finally, fare, brethren, farewell. Be, become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. God has saved you and placed you here for a particular reason. God's going to use you while you're here. He wants to use each one of us. I've told y'all, we've been so blessed. And, and just FYI, the video is on under events, under calvarydivine.org of the high school. So we got to go share the gospel at the school, at the high school. And we're going to do that again in the fall. But we're hitting Lytle again. We were at Lytle, but we didn't get to do, we only got to meet with the Christian club. We had, we, we, we were told there were 30 kids. We had 67 kids. We had kids in the hallway, and they were, they were sharing the, the, the profession of faith, the salvation. And you could hear them in the hallway saying the prayer. Then we came to Divine, and we had an open assembly. As long as it's an open assembly, you can share the gospel. We had the Gideons there, a couple of the pastors from the area, all of us coming together to, to do this because the Youth Alive group was hosting it. We had the whosoever's there, and they shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. And man, praise God, God used it. It was all the work of the Lord. And we had young people come to faith. God has called us. You go, well, you're a tiny church. I don't believe in that. I believe God can do more with, with, with hearts that are willing to, to step out in faith and do the will of God. And, and we do that with our time, our talent, our treasure. But we're not here to stay within the four walls of the church. I want you impacting the community.
Because it's the community that needs Christ. And, and that's where we, we get wrapped up. Man, our, our love comes from loving. Uh, that agape love is sacrificial love. It's actually caring about others and loving others, no matter what state they're in. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it says in verse 15, having abolished his, in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in the or, in ordinance so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. So what is the law and uh, the ordinances? So he's talking about the Old Testament here. And he's also talking about the Ten Commandments. And we know that Jesus did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy it, but to fulfill it. To fulfill it. He kept it. He was the only one who could. The Jews were, were, were very religious, but they weren't keeping the law. You, know, you probably know a bunch of religious people in your life, but they're not, they're not having a relationship with Christ. This is what the Jews' thoughts were uh, especially with the Pharisees and those up in the Sadducees and Pharisees in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. It says, that Also he spoke this parable so to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went out to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus uh, with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like the uh, other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of, of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing far off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God be merciful to me, uh, to me a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to the house justified rather than the other. For who, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. See, when we look at the law, this is how religious people are. I gave tithes. I fasted twice a week. Let me give you a list of things that I've done. That's religion. The law is to, to remind us that, that we can't keep it and we need a Savior. And you say, well, if I look at the Ten Commandments, I can tell you simply I've broken probably most of those, if not all. Because I, I, you know, you go, well, you murdered somebody? No, no, no. <laughs> But, but you can murder somebody in your heart. You, you go, but did you commit adultery? Yeah, before Christ? Yes. I thought I was going to be so different than my father. Got married at 17. Messed it up early. And then God got a hold of me. At, at 39, 22 years of marriage was like psh, coming to an end. But I tell you what, I'm not the only one that's committed adultery. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, it says, But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. That's what Jesus said. And that's for women, too, if you're lusting after men. We can't keep the law. We can't keep the law. And Paul explains this in Romans chapter 3, verses 19 through 20. It says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Think of the law this way. It's a mirror that you put up, and you know how you look. James says it this way in James chapter 1, verses 23 through 25. 
For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes it himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Like I have a shirt that has pineapples on it. If I was looking in the mirror, I would say, you know what? I don't even know what the shirt had on it. Right? I, I thought I'd just looked in the mirror. Let me look in the mirror again. But he says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, Jesus Christ, and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer, this one will be blessed in what he does. The law is to remind us that we need a Savior. The law is to convict us that we are sinners. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 55 through 57, it says, O death, where is your, is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who brings us peace. And Jesus is the one who allows our sins to be forgiven. It's through Christ. And so it says, So as to create himself in one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that uh, he might reconcile them in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the, the enmity. So Christ is the reconciler of the Jew and Gentile. But he's also the sinner of the new man composed of the Jew and Gentile because Christ is the sinner. And, and so peace is experienced in the body of Christ because of reconciliation. You have to put to death the enmity. And the application is that, that, that you are a new creation in Christ. And he tells us this in Galatians chapter 6, verse 15, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. So again, we, we see that we are a new creation, and God is working in any, each of us. And, and, and one of the things I would suggest for you this week is read Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. If you're wanting to know, to know how to apply peace in your life, this is it. Put on then as God's chosen ones. If you're a follower of Christ, you're God's chosen one. Holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful." I think the worst part of this is, is what I've seen so many times was that verse in verse 13, bearing with one another, if one has complained against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, you, you also must forgive. You know, there's only so many times I can apologize. There's only so many times I can ask for forgiveness. If you're not giving it, what are we doing? There's no peace in it. That's the reality of it. And that happens sometimes. Man, the beauty of it is, is when you actually come to a place where two people actually give and God does a work in both parties right God does a work in both parties and, and, and strengthens their relationship like they were going against each other and arguing over some meaningful thing and then God they forgive each other and God strengthens their bond that doesn't happen all the time a lot of times what happens is people like to keep receipts People get hurt in the church, they take the ball and they go home. And they go to another church and they do the same thing over again. Because they're not willing to, to, to do any kind of work in themselves. When two parties have conflict, guess what? Both parties have work to do with God. 
You both do. There's always something you can learn. There's always something you can learn. If you go, well, they're just criticizing me. Do you know there's a little bit of truth in criticism? There is. You need to ask God to help you with that. But we're to be drawn together. We're to put our enmity aside. Put it to death. We give it over to God. We need to forgive each other. And then we, we have the peace of Christ. And, 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 and it's, a, it's understanding. Like it's not to allow the enemy to create division any further. Put it to death. I love what Psalm 5. This has been the verse I've been reading all this week. And, and actually been living this week. I love that it says in, in verse 5, in verse 1, it says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for to you I will pray. And then we drop down to verse 4. It says, you, For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evil doers. You need to make sure you catch that. But I'm a follower of God. If you're doing evil, you need to get right with God. You need to confess that. That's the problem. It's like when we're, when we're so prideful, prideful, I want to be right. That verse is yours. Because wickedness and evil is right behind you. And you need to confess it. You need to deal with it. God says right there, he says, Boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evil doers. And you're over there praying. Lord, please help me. And it's like, you even haven't confessed. You haven't even gotten right with God yet. That's usually the first question I ask somebody when I go to counsel them. It's like, have you confessed your sin? Yeah, I asked for apology. This is the first relationship that needs to be fixed. Okay? Don't focus on the, on the horizontal. The vertical needs to get corrected first. And then the horizontal. You need to get right with God first. Because then you're asking God, look, I don't know what I need to say. I'm not sure what I need to do here. Lord, I need you to guide me. I've, I've, man, I'm in the miry muck. I need you to pick me back up and stick me back on the rock. That takes humility. And, and that's, you know, in our culture today, that's where our kids don't have. They don't have humility. They all want to be influencers. They want to influence the culture pridefully. And, and the reality of it is, is like we all need to remember that God, God hates sin. And, and I, man, I was listening to John MacArthur. And he was like, God loves, God hates sin and loves, or what is it? God hates sin, but loves the sinner. He goes, oh no, let's go through some verses. And this was one of them he gave. He goes, stop propagating, putting that propaganda out there. God hates the sin. God hates the sinner. God wants you right with God. God wants you at peace with God. And that comes through His Son, Jesus Christ. Finally, we see our last point. He preached peace in verses 17 and 18. And He preached peace to you who are afar off and to those who are near. Now we see in verse 17, He's, he's talking to the Gentiles who need to hear the good news of peace. This would have been awesome for them because at this point if they were to come to faith remember we talked about that 10 year span that that from the time that jesus said went up and and then now you have the disciples going out and the apostles going out and the word of god's going out but they were making anyone who was a gentile convert to judaism and jesus says you know through paul's teaching here is like no that's that's not what it is it's like that message is preached in peace and it's for those that are far off and those for you that are near. 
It's for both. It's for the Jew and the Gentile. And that's why he was saying this uncircumcision thing and the circumcision thing. For the Jew, the circumcision, all it became was religion. And that's why you see over and over and over in Scripture, circumcise the heart, the flesh of the heart, because you are fleshly. Because everything else you're doing is just religious activity. That's what he was given to the Jews. We see here in Psalm 85, 10, it says, Mercy and truth met, have met together, righteousness and peace have kissed. I love that verse because we see that, that at the end of the day, it's God who brings faithful love and truth together and causes righteousness and peace to, to, to happen. It's through His Son, Jesus Christ. In verse 18, it says, Through Him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. Anyone who tells you the Trinity is not in the Bible, it's right here. In verse 18, this is the Trinity. It is the perfect harmony and unity. And it is, you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. And we see this, and as Paul is saying, through him, Christ, we both have Jew and Gentile. We have access in one Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to God the Father, the Trinity. And that's at the heart of the gospel. We have access to God. We have access to God the Father. We have access, we have peace with God the Father now. That means that, that He is our Father. Catch that. Father. Like Abba, Father. And, and He's wanting a relationship with you. To me, that blows me away. My, my relationship with my father was a train wreck for 18 years. He was an alcoholic. So when I think of a father... And I even think of his father. His father was an alcoholic. So my picture of a father is a worldly father. The picture my kids have of a father was a worldly father. Because at 39, I didn't come to faith. They were, what are you, 17 then? 16? Not you. I'm going to get to you. I'll get to you. No, I know the girls, y'all are all bam, bam, bam. Y'all were all one year after. We got five kids. But they were, you know, I think 15, 14, and 13, the girls. And I believe Michael was just turned 17. So you can imagine having teenagers come into faith, how hard that is. Because you didn't bring them up in the church. It's hard. Because they're like, what is wrong with mom and dad? Why are they going to church now? Right? And, and, but it's what God does. It, what you start understanding when you learn the attributes of your father, that he's all-knowing. That he stands outside of time. That he knows that you, when, when we talked about we are his workmanship. That he's working on you individually, but also us as a church. That you're his poem. You're his masterpiece. When I read those things, that's a father. That's the perfect father. And that's all we need. But you need to have peace with the father. And that peace only comes through his son Jesus Christ through confession of sin and asking Christ into your heart. We're getting ready to do communion. And because we have the radio, yeah, see, there we go. Because we have people, and I may have somebody right now listening to a barbecue smoking weed. And you got the radio on, and God's going to come into your life right now. You never know. I, I've, I, I have done radio for Pastor Joe for over 11 years. For K Dry. He's on at 5 o'clock every day. And I know what God can do through the radio. I've seen it. 
firsthand. I've seen uh, people that are, are been with Joe since 2010, 2011, that are serving, that are deacons and elders in his church now. Men that have gone on to become pastors, that have gone on to become missionaries because they heard him on the radio. Because it's God's word that transforms, it goes out. And so what I want to do is give you the opportunity, if you have no peace right now, maybe you've walked away from God, or maybe you've, you just, your relationship with God has become stagnant, you're just like, man, I just need that peace again. And remember, communion is for the believer. So what I want to do is give you the opportunity now, with eyes closed, if that's you, just pray this prayer after me. We're all sinners. We're all imperfect. We all needed a Savior. And if you'd like to have that peace with God right now, just pray after me. Father God, I come before you. I am a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross, that you were resurrected. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you into my heart, be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Make me a new creation. Let me walk in your will all the days of my life. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 